0: Welcome back to episode 25 of the Everyday Lions podcast. This is episode number two of a part two episode with Tim Blair. Yesterday, Tim and his team finished a ride from Campbelltown to Devonport, raising money for kids who are affected by cancer. It was such a lovely vibe down at the Bluff. I went down there and had a look with my friend, Amy, and it was so great. It was just a really lovely supportive environment. I hope the guys have raised a pot of money for children affected with cancer. If you are listening to this podcast and would like to donate some money, you can do that by going over to www.timblairrunforkids.org. I know Tim and his team would love your support. Here's episode two. Until next time, happy running.
1: and wonderful yeah. memories you know there was another day we'd been running through pine forest for for eight or nine hours on gravel road and um and then Triff come up beside us and he said do you realize where we've been for the last nine hours and no i've got no idea we're just running wherever you tell us he said we're in the Bangalore state forest oh, <laughs> <James>. <laughs> thanks mate <laughs> <laughs>
0: When do we get out of it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, that's pretty weird, but yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know if there's too many people that could attest to the fact that they spent nine hours <laughs> running through pine forests.
0: Oh wow. You know, so that's um, they're
1: that, that wonderful stories.
0: Yeah. And you know. and how does the body recover after a distance that far? What do you do?
1: Um I I ended up that run that run took a toll on on both of us. Um I think day two, Shane had severe hypothermia um, and he was, he was vomiting his way up the road and, and stuff like that. But speaking of cold, I've never been so cold in all my life except for the days when I ran through country Victoria. Uh, it was just miserable. Yep. So if anyone from Victoria says Tassie's cold, go and spend a couple of days you know, in Northern Victoria. <laughs> We've got a few Victorian <laughs> listeners, mate. Yeah. So
0: I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll burn your sight.
1: So. Uh, it, was, it was miserable. Yeah. And poor old Shane ended up with hypothermia. Um, and that was sort of, I guess, we, we made a pact together when we set off on this that neither of us was going to do anything stupid that would be detrimental to our health. Um, but as it turned out, both of us did. Um, <clears throat> you know, So I remember going into Shane's hotel room that night. He was wrapped up in bed, struggling to eat. Uh, things like that and I said look mate um, you know have a rest tomorrow I'll, I'll it'll be fine um, and there were some expletives um, said by both of us anyway next morning come up I got out come out of our my hotel room at four o'clock in the morning and and there he is raring to go um, yeah. you know. so off we went um, you know and then I think it was on day five. I was diagnosed with stress fractures in my leg, um, which was, was that, that was pretty painful, obviously. And then by the time I'd got to Bondi, I'd actually, one of the stress fractures turned into a clean break. Um, so I'd actually finished Bondi with a broken <laughs> leg, um, which that's now affected the nerves and stuff in my leg. Uh, I suffer from a thing called neuropathy and um, things like that. But so to recover, there's parts of us that haven't recovered. Um, yeah. Just putting your body through that stuff, but I'd do it all again tomorrow. Um, but uh, it, it was one of those things where we got got to Bondi, and it it was a massive relief, but it was a massive accomplishment, <clears throat> not just for us, but for everyone involved. You know, like both Mandy and Tracy and our kids, they come along for the journey, the support crew, Chris Raddye, Adrian Triffitt. Jono Mallison, um, you know, it, it was just amazing that these people got on board. Janelle Hayes, she was our masseuse. You know, she had to put up with some bitching and whinging from both of us. I could imagine um, the table. <laughs> through, yeah, throughout the week. Um, and she was just amazing, Janelle. She brought a little girl along Enica, um, you know. So it was amazing that these people got behind us. And then there was a cycling crew that, you know, sort of during the organisation, they decided they was going to ride. So kept Kent Line and then guys Rod McCormack and that they got involved. Um, right. it was just wonderful. It was the whole thing was, and then it was quite funny because in the beginning um, the guys in Sydney Kids Cancer Project tried to drum up obviously as much publicity, so they went to the media. <clears throat> the media didn't want a bar of it. Um, really, it was in Channel Seven, Channel Nine, ABC, because uh, I think they think that we couldn't do it. Um, yeah, okay. so they, You know, but it was quite funny. The closer we got to Sydney. The more media coverage we got. Like fantastic. <laughs> these two are actually gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they know. can do it. <laughs> yeah. Them bloody idiot Tasmanians. Um, you know, <laughs> <Too so> ed- <laughs> by the time we got to Bondi, there was every TV channel was there and, and things like that. So awesome. from a personal perspective, there was a bit of yeah, sucked in.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and, and and well rightly, like you know, um, Yeah. that's so that, that's yeah. saying you can't do it when you know you can do it.
1: Oh, and that that's my biggest motivation, yeah. that sort of stuff, you know. Um, sometimes it gets me into trouble, but um, to have someone say, oh, I don't reckon you can do that, that's that's
0: yeah. you know, a pretty good motivator for most things. <laughs> no, you've got to be <laughs> passionate in something. I'm, I'm the same. Like, yeah. I've been told, "I, oh, you're too old, mate, no, just give it yeah. away. But yeah. Don't listen to those people. Just, no, 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 yeah. just do it, you know. Yeah. Just,
1: and and like, like we said before, mate, as long as you're smiling while you're doing it, Exactly. You're right. achieving. You're achieving. Yeah. Yep. Run happy. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So there was days when we weren't real happy. But <laughs>
0: yeah. <I> could imagine.
1: <laughs> but, but it all goes. You know, there, there was there was days. I remember one day um, speaking about the cold, and, and we'd spent three days of just absolute really cold mornings, and um, <clears throat> it was it had almost broke me. And then. This day was just running along, and, and as the sun came up, it started to warm my face. And, and if ever there was a time I would have turned strongly religious at a heartbeat, it was that time because I just, tears started to roll down my face. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I actually started thanking God and all sorts of stuff for the sun, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so warm. <laughs> yeah. It was just such an emotional time, but it was crazy, you know. It was, Something I've seen every day of my life, the sun, but I was just yeah. so appreciative of it that yeah. people
0: were <laughs> um but there's something about putting your putting your body through that for seven days in a row, knowing that you're probably doing permanent damage, but you still power on um for the cause of the kids. That's amazing, like
1: Yeah, and that's that's what it's about. And and like I said before, you know, like that, that's from a personal perspective, that's that's what I get out of it. The yeah. fact that our bodies are made to be pushed and, and, you know, we need to learn how far and how we can push them. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we managed to do it. And, uh, again, I'm proud of it and I'm proud that I got to do it with a really good friend of mine in Shane.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. And what <clears throat> does that friendship mean to you, mate?
1: Um, it's funny because, uh, I know our kids sort of, you know, and, and I, I think I'm the same, um, our kids look at Shane as almost like a second dad and it's almost a second family. It's just Shane and his family are almost an extension of our family and vice versa. Um, you know, he's a ripper bloke. Um, he can be a pain in the ass sometimes because he won't shut up. But yeah. <laughs> um, he's just a ripper bloke and 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 we get on really, really well. And um, like, like so, I say, we... we you know, we talk You about know, about Shane. One day when we're old and probably a lot of people don't, don't know, but just Shane, like Shane was quite an runner. Runner from back in you Melbourne know, to Northern uh, uh, Territory. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> a 30-minute <laughs> assistive, K-er, you know, so yeah. we have to put <laughs> solar right. panels on him to recharge the battery. I've train. got to feel like he's ran we'll just over an hour, so I think hour so, 11 yeah, or something, for a half yeah, marathon. I'll look forward to it. I'll
0: so be just... I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll probably be retired too. You know, he's been in
1: state teams with the likes of the Dave Chettles and things like that. So the, the young fella could move all right back in the day. Yeah,
0: um, he could. Believe yeah. it or not. Um,
1: <laughs> you know and he's got a got a wonderful build for a runner. Um, so yeah he he's, he's quite an and you know so he he frustrates me a bit in that regard because he seems to run really easy. Um, yep. and and I'm just a guy that sort of runs and flogs myself to to get every inch of it out of me. Um, so I really enjoyed the times when when he was learning to run long distances and I could bury him. Um, I, I enjoyed that for as short a time as it was because yeah. <laughs> once once he got some stamina behind him, you know, he could, he could move all right. But I did enjoy the times when we'd go off on a 50 K run and I could see him burn. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, he, he's an amazing runner. And, um, you know, just to chat to him about the days of running and, um, through Shane, I've been fortunate enough to become friends with people like the Dave Chettles and and stuff like that, you know. And, yeah. Um, I know other people have talked about that on podcasts with you, Linesy. Like we, we are so lucky that we've got these people here in Devonport, you know. And um, <clears throat> I'd like to see. I know I've only had a brief conversation with the council about it years ago, but I reckon it'd be amazing to have some plaques or something on the running track somewhere. Might nailed Just, it. About these guys, you know the Viv Woodwards, the Dave Chettles, the Billy Taylors, the Shane Taylors, you know, yeah, exactly.
0: Because they've actually
1: achieved some pretty high accolades, and you know, when when you did the one with Gunner, you know, the people he coached, you know, there's yeah. there's been some people there that have
0: represented Australia, um,
1: yeah, and, and it's, things like that, you know. That's
0: like, it. We um, we've got such a rich culture for for yeah, distance yeah. running, and it's it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice just to see some acknowledgement of that. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure they don't want to see their statues or anything and but just, just a little plaque of, you know, Dave Chettle alone, his story oh, is it's just, amazing. Just amazing, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he's such a personal guy. Um, you know, won't one of the things I look forward to when I do a Saturday morning run, and if I can get my timing right, I can run into Chet around the track and yeah. stop and have a ten-minute chinwag with him. You
0: know, like it's great, you know, isn't it? I'm <laughs> <daddy. laughs> the same, mate. I'm like, oh, geez, I hope I see him today. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You know, he's just a wonderful guy to have a chat to, and and every now and then he just gives you a little bit more. You know, yeah, he about does. about <laughs> what he's done or who he's run against and things like yeah.
0: that. So oh, good. it's really I, good. I remember a story. Ah. Uh, I was chatting to him and going, oh, did you um? Did you ever do the city to surf? No, nah, I never did the city to surf. I uh, had the Commonwealth Games that weekend. <laughs> like, well, that's the sort of bloke he is. Like, he just yeah, comes you know,
1: out with it. Yeah, you know, like, and that, that is exactly, he's just so casual. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and it was just another run, mate, but he just couldn't do the city to surf. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... Do you, do you have a, an idea of how much money you've actually raised, mate? Have you have you got a figure with that?
1: Not efficient. I know we've raised over $500,000. Um, wow. And I know, um, like, yeah, you know, out of the, like the Bondi run, the Nepal run, there's been some sizable um, money raised when I did the Nepal run. So I know there was money raised back here in Australia. But part of the Nepal run was to also raised some money for for a foundation in Nepal that's pretty close to mine and Mandy's heart called the Pemba Doma Sherpa Foundation. Uh, and that's named after a very close friend of ours. Um, and um, so we raised $20,000 that went to the Pemba Doma Sherpa Foundation and that went into uh, helping children in Nepal get an education and um, things like that. Um, so the Nepal thing's are another story, I guess, um, I'm not sure if we've got time or not, but...
0: Yeah, mate, um, we've got plenty of time. <clears throat> um, as
1: long as you've got so, time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, me and I were... We got married and um, married fairly young. Me was 20 and I was uh, 22 or whatever it was. And uh, neither of us had travelled overseas. And um, so we, we saved up and worked hard and um, brought a, a one-way ticket to Thailand. And uh, so we, we got to Thailand, did some trekking. Had no real plans of what we wanted to do, but did some trekking around Thailand. Spent about three months in Thailand, and, and the one real place I wanted to go to was Nepal. So we bought a ticket in in uh, Bangkok and flew from Bangkok to Kathmandu. Um, and and that was back when I was suffering from epilepsy a bit as well, and so I was carrying a, a, almost like a bag full of medication with me. Um, so our first introduction to Kathmandu was uh, we got robbed at the airport, and a lot of the medication was stolen, um, which made me pretty angry, but yeah, we, we got over that. We got into Kathmandu, found a bed for the night and then explored Kathmandu and, and we wanted to do some trekking. So we was fortunate enough to meet a really, a, a guide by the name of Rajan and Tapa, who we have become really, really close to and, and, um, still are, um, Raj was our guide. And anyway, we got every, as every day went by, we got closer and closer to Raj and, um, that was in 92, I think it was. So we went back the next year uh, and we planned to climb a, a mountain in the Everest region called Lobashay East with Raj. So Raj had been up in the mountains working as a climbing guide. And uh, Mandy and I landed in Kathmandu, had a couple of days in Kathmandu and then trekked, uh, was trekking into the Everest region, which was obviously you know, a, a few weeks. We stopped at a place called Namshi Bazaar and we seen this girl at Namshi Bazaar called we didn't know her name at the time, but she, we both, both Manny and I said, Oh, wow, what, you know, she's a beautiful looking girl. So by the time we'd got to Raj uh, at the base camp for Lobbushay, um <clears throat> we said to Raj, Oh, we've seen this girl back at Namchi, you know, We, you should marry her. Um, it was <laughs> general nonsense conversation. And anyway, so we climbed our mountain and done all that, and then we're trekking back. And Raj said, Oh, we're going to stay at a friend's place in Namchi Bazaar. Uh, and it turned out it was Pemba's place. He he was friends, just friends with Pemba. And, you know, oh, wow, that's her, Raj. You know, this is the girl we see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Raj and Pemba ended up getting married. Um, wow. We, Mandy and I helped Raj and Pemba start a company in Nepal called Climb High Himalaya, which is a trekking and climbing company. And the profits from that company goes to building schools in remote areas of the Himalaya. Unreal. Um, <clears throat> Temba went on to become one of the most famous female climbers in the world. She summited Everest three times, uh, summited from both the Nepalese and the Tibetan side. Um, She could speak eight different languages. Uh, She's an orphan. She was was an orphan in Nepal, which obviously wouldn't be a very easy thing to do. uh, So she's she's a self-made lady. Um, And obviously Raj, um, yeah, he was an accomplished climber as well. Uh, And Raj touched us that much. We actually named our son after Raj in Nepal. Um, unfortunately, Pember fell while summiting Everest and died. And, uh, back, that was in 2009, I think it was. Um, so I, I went over and spent some time with Raj. Raj was, and they've got a little girl, Sarani. She's the same age as our, our Raj. Um, so Sarani's 17 now. And, um, so I was spending some time over in Nepal. Was obviously in communications with Raj, and um, in twenty ten, we'd promised Raj that the following year, twenty eleven, we'd come over to Nepal and and would bring our children and and would do some trekking and would go and visit some of these schools that Climb Higher built, and and would spend Great. two months with him over in Nepal. Um, so that we'd planned that for, for twenty eleven, we'd we'd booked, paid for it. Kids were excited. We're excited. Um, I was actually diagnosed with cancer, um, and I had to ring Raj and tell him that that uh, we wasn't coming to Nepal. and And my diagnosis at the time was was pretty ordinary. Um, and I did I said to Raj, I, "I don't think I'll ever get back to Nepal, Raj." And um, that was pretty upsetting for obviously both of us. And two days after that, um, Raj took his life. So um, he. We didn't find out for a, for a while after that, because his brother didn't know how to tell us. Um, <clears throat> so fortunately enough for me, I, I got got my shit sorted and we went back to Nepal the following year and set up a trust fund for their daughter, Sarani, who lives with Rajan's brother and his wife and children. Um, and we, we hold the company in trust now for Sarani, which is really, really struggling. Um, but I promised... Rajan's family. Then that I'd come back and do something in memory of of Raj and Pemba, <clears throat> and that's what the run in the was about. It was to give something back to to Raj Pemba and and the pool because like that had the earthquake and stuff. And so I still don't believe I've done enough to, to honour them, but um, they they touched us, you know, pretty deeply, and 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 they're the people that will treasure the they're still our friends and um you know we we men and i have have led such a lucky life to be able to meet these types of people and become friends with these types of people like i said before you know these families that we get to become friends with and people like raj and pemba and his family and um now pemba pemba like say pemba was an orphan and she's got a brother um pemba was a self self self-made climber a brother who's a nepalese guy he's He's a self-made business person. He he owns multiple businesses now in, in Nepal and America. And you know these two guys were in a third world country as orphans, and and they they did that. Um, you know, so we're really lucky that we got to become friends with these people. So Nepal holds a pretty special place in both our hearts. And yeah, the run in Nepal um, that that was just an amazing experience. And um, I'm not sure if you know Heath Holden, he's a photographer. Heath come along for the ride and and uh, Peter a, a gentleman friend of ours called Peter Ed, he came as support crew and um, it's again, <clears throat> it's something I'm so proud of that I could, you know, I can say that I, I went to Nepal and we did this run and that was that was 225 Ks over three days. So I ran from a place called Pocker to Kathmandu. Um, <clears throat> it was insanely hot. Insanely yep. hot. Uh, it what well, didn't work out the way we planned, and um, lucky enough, I, I, on um, day three, I, I collapsed and they couldn't find a heartbeat for about two minutes. Um, Jesus, mate. Pete gave me CPR, which was really, well, it's funny now, it wasn't much, wasn't too much fun for them at the time, but um, <clears throat> so I I I knew I was in all sorts of trouble about two hours before that. Yeah. Um, and and it was the fact that. I'd been running uh, multiple days in extreme heat, and I obviously we wasn't sort of staying in five-star hotels where we had air conditioning and stuff, so my body was never cooling down. Uh, I never had the facilities to, to have like an ice bath or anything. Um, <clears throat> my feet had blistered so bad that I basically, after the first hour of each day, my, my shoes were full of blood and stuff. But um, I remember two hours prior to me collapsing, I thought, oh, shit, I'm in real trouble. Um, Yeah. And I thought, you know, got 20K to go, I'll get through it and we'll be fine. Uh, Mandy was on a, Mandy and the kids were on a plane flying to Kathmandu uh, because the plan was I'd been over there 11 days before that. I had to meet some politicians and media and all sorts of nonsense. Um, She was trying to contact Peter and, and Heath to find out how I'm going. No one was answering their phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy giving me CPR.
0: Um, <laughs> Scary, mate.
1: Anyway, I, I lost about seven hours. I can't remember seven hours that, but my, my memory, I've got a memory a couple of hours before that, thinking I'm in trouble. Yeah. My next memory was I woke up in this room. Um, I was surrounded by ice and they had yeah, some hands wow. on me in this, this little room and Pete Ed. Anyone out there that knows Pete Ed knows what a gentleman he is and he's just the kindest, gentlest person. And he, um, he was really nervous. And when I sort of come to and got my bearings, he said his biggest fear was once I come to, I was going to say, right, let's get up and finish the run. Um, <clears throat> anyway, and he was really nervous about asking me. Uh, he said, you know, how are you going? I said, I'm fine. And and then he was sort of waiting for it. He said, oh, what about the run? And, and I said to Pete, I said, oh, look, mate, I... I promised Mandy I wasn't going to do anything silly. Yep. So I think we'll probably rest today and we'll, we'll finish the run tomorrow and we'll finish it in Kathmandu. You know, as planned, we'll run into Kathmandu. It just meant that what was going to be like a leisurely 10K run into Kathmandu on the Saturday turned out to be about a 30K run. Yeah. Which was fine. So the, the last day we had a 30K run through some beautiful country. But um, Mandy knew something was up, but we didn't tell her until we... On the sad day where I met her in Kathmandu, <laughs> <laughs> she probably wouldn't let you run, <laughs> this, mate. That's <at> <laughs> why this is what happened. Um, you know, but um, it was just <clears throat> wonderful to to be able to go to Nepal and do that
0: yeah. and
1: give back to a country that we hold dearly uh, to in our hearts and, and to people. Uh, and it's it's something probably I've done some amazing runs and like the Bondi runs, obviously a big one, but the Nepal run is something that um, I'll treasure for life. And um, yeah, I'd love to go back. Hopefully next year, I want to run from base camp to Kathmandu, camp wow. um, which is pretty epic. But, um, you know, that that's something else I'd like to do. And We're sort of, men and I are talking now, obviously, with the company over there, the business, it's struggling. There's no tourism. So we need to sort of work out what we're going to do with that or what we can do with that to try and keep it alive until such time yep. um, that tourists start going back. So... Um, but one thing that will happen is the legacy of both Raj and Pember won't, won't be lost or forgotten. Um, yeah, so we, we are really lucky, as I said, mate, we're for, so lucky uh, in our life, Mandy and I, to have to be involved with these people and, and be friends with these people. And, and I'm probably the luckiest person alive to be fortunate enough to be married to someone like Mandy, I guess, yep. who puts up with me.
0: No, <laughs> you're a good bloke, mate. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, well, I've learnt some stuff just then. I didn't I didn't know that story at all. Um, mate, that's no wonder it plays or, or holds such a dear place for you.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, like I say, I'm not... I don't talk comfortably about the fact that I I collapsed on the side of a road in Nepal and didn't have a heartbeat. Um, yeah. Uh, lucky enough for me, there were some guys that knew how to do CPR. Um, it, it, yeah, like... But I guess from that, um, if anyone is listening and, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, what a dickhead, and I, and I am. But it, it's, it's what we can do. It, that's You know, we can push ourselves to do some amazing things and, and achieve some amazing things. And, and not that, you know, running from Prokka to Kathmandu is an amazing thing, but um, it's, from what I understand, it's something no-one else has ever done. Um, awesome. um, and... people that do know Nepal or know these countries like spending time on the roads is is dangerous within itself
0: (laughs) okay people driving or
1: yeah you know there's trucks and cars and goats and cows and everything else on (laughs) it yeah there's you know there's very little law and order um and and again that was another one that sort of just as as it took place it just grew momentum um you know and by the time we got finished, we there was a function a few days afterwards uh, at at the Governor General's house in Nepal. Um, the diplomat for Australia in Nepal. It was you know. It, so I've been really lucky to be able to say that I've been invited to these functions and do's and yeah, you know, um, met some amazing people along the way and um, you know, and I, I cherish these relationships and. Uh, the guy that founded the Kids Cancer Project, Cole Reynolds, you know, like, just a super guy. The people that work there are super people. Um, you know, uh, the the CEO of the Kids Cancer Project, Owen Finnegan, uh, yeah. anyone that follows Rugby Union knows Owen Finnegan. He's, he scored the match-winning try for Australia back in the day when we could play rugby to win the <laughs> World Cup. Um, you know, like, just amazing people that have achieved so much but are still so grounded and... and yeah. You know, and, and I guess that's what it's about. No, no one's doing this stuff for, for personal recognition. We're doing it because it's, it's what we should do as humans and that's yeah. help each other. Um, you know, and, and I've, I really enjoy listening to your podcasts and, and you listen to the Greg Smiths and, you know, everyone's got a story to tell. Um, even, you know, even Woody, you know, I, I never knew. I knew Woody was a great runner and a great bloke. I never knew he was a ward of the state.
0: Meer not I yeah you
1: know that sort of stuff everyone's yeah. got a story to tell um, and i I love listening to people and listening to their stories because everyone's got an interesting story and um, we should never assume you know someone's got an easy life or assume that someone you know should have done this or should have done that because it's probably one of the biggest flaws we've got as as humans in the Western world you know we make we're quick to make assumptions um, yeah
0: we are. Quick to knock people down,
1: too. We, we, we are, unfortunately. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I think we're too much focused on our own selves and not focused on the fact that, you know, we all need to help each other.
0: Um, yeah.
1: And, you know, speaking of that guy we was talking about before that does the community where we work here with children, that, that copper, um, yeah. you know, there's not a truer statement, that it, it, it takes a community uh, to, to help children grow and... You know, it takes a community to help everyone grow. That's yeah, it, it does. You know, just the stuff like what you're doing with your running coaching. There's there's people out there. You know, even if it's a, a six minute K, there's people there that have probably thought, "Shoot, I'd never be able to run a six minute kilometer in my life." And all of a yeah. sudden, they're running that, and exactly. you know, they're achieving and striving, and and that flows on into life. You know, yeah. that sort of stuff. It's not just the fact that you've ran a six minute K. It's it's inspired you to think, well, what else can I do?
0: Yeah. You know, Some- I'm so, I you know, for me personally, um, yeah. I get more of a buzz than if someone runs a two-and-a-half-hour marathon. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. I yeah. get more of a buzz someone who's never ran before. They decide yeah. to do a marathon and then, yeah. you know, we're talking 25 weeks later, they've run five, yeah. six hours. It's That's yeah. awesome for me. It, it
1: is. And it's such yeah. a huge achievement for anyone to run a marathon. Like, I think the stats, there's, there's about 2% of the world's population will, will complete a marathon. Yeah. You know, so... To, to run and complete a marathon, you're in some pretty elite company. <laughs> exactly.
0: No, no, yeah. no, you're Regardless right
1: though, of whether it's a two-hour one or a 20-hour one. Yeah. To, to actually cover that distance. It's uh, probably harder, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, like I I remember years ago, I was doing one of my God knows how many Melbourne marathons and um, I was struggling. I, I, that's That was the year I found out I had a heart condition. But... Um, I couldn't get my heart rate below two twenty, and and I was coming yeah, towards wow. the end of it, and it was starting to edge up. Like I think I was at about three hours forty, and I, the only thing I could think of myself was like, I'm not bloody running a four hour marathon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what pushed me to the finish. Uh, it ended up in the medical tent with a, yeah. with a heart rate of two twenty plus, but wow. you know, but. You know, people that go out there and punish themselves for that much, they, they all deserve a pat on the back oh, because it's, it's a huge achievement.
0: It's a day at work, mate. I mean, it it's, is, yeah. it, it's it's yeah. amazing. And like you said, like you learn a little bit more from every, yeah. every race or charity run you do. I'm pretty sure yeah. you're like, ooh, okay, right? So I can push it that far then.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, you know. Yeah. And, and I know back when I was running consistently with the club and we'd do speed work, like I, I never thought, that I could run a sub 4K, you know, but then with a little bit of work and effort, you know, for, for the shorter runs, I'm running, you know, 330s and things like that, which is which Great. is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um,
1: and again, it's, it's it's something I'm pretty, it was never going to be world-class or anything else, but it's an achievement. Um,
0: yeah. You
1: know, and like I, I, I used to admire, you know, you watch, watch people like yourself running these amazing times and people like Shane and, and stuff, you know, but everyone knows what it's like to, if, you know, if you're pushing yourself to run a, a two minute 30 K or you're pushing yourself to run a six minute K, you're working just as hard and you're trying Absolutely. to achieve and, and push. And that's, that's one of the great things that running is a great leveler.
0: Because, yeah, it is.
1: You know, it puts everyone out there that, and I think in general, um, you know, everyone understands that and everyone's appreciative of that. You know, that there's a few around that sort of get wrapped up in the fact that they might run a, you know, a low three minute K or whatever and, But at the end of the day, I've never been really that focused on, you know, how fast I can run. It's just about self-improvement and, and, you know, and that's what everyone should take out of it, you know, regardless of three minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is, it's just self-improvement. Yeah. And, you know, and it's wonderful to see these people, like these people that are running with you that, you know, probably like everyone else, probably like myself back in the day that never thought I'd run that much, um, then all of a sudden here they are flogging themselves out, you know, five days a week to running programs and things. Yeah. It's great. And it makes everyone happier.
0: <laughs> it does. It does, mate. It's, I don't know. I can't, I, yeah. I, I think we mentioned this a few times now, but just this little community we've got, um, they're mates now. They're not, they're not just like, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've got a really good mate out of it. Um. Yeah. yeah. And, and I wouldn't have met her if I, Hadn't turned yeah. up to a club run, so yeah,
1: you know, and that's what it's about, you
0: know. Yeah, and we're all different, you know. We've all talked, you know.
1: You have got the Barry Barry Lean's just a wonderful guy. Just, yeah, you know, he's probably ran more runs and kilometres than just about anyone in the world, probably Bazza, but he's just such a wonderful, heartwarming guy, and you know, always up for a chat, always says g'day. Um, you know, them sort of people are just beautiful people, and, and absolutely. And, you, everyone's better for being around them. Um, yeah. you know, and that's that that's something that I'm proud of and really fortunate and think myself lucky that I've been able to, to be involved in that community. Yeah. Um, and by by pure accident really, I guess, just the fact that people like Ray Johnson had asked me to go for a run one day.
0: Yeah. Um, you know,
1: so bless I, Ray. I, I hey? love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like and even the banter, you know, I've heard some of you guys on it we talk about banter and
0: yeah you know,
1: even some of the guys that take a little bit more serious to, I remember one day I <laughs> run I ran the the Steve Oliver race, which was oh, yeah, the, yeah. the pool run on the sawdust track that was that was when I was living in the Trobe. and I actually ran from the trobe to Devonport, ran the the Steve Oliver race and and won that race uh, and then Lily was only a baby, then put Lily in the pram and and ran home yeah. Um, <laughs> And there was one of the guys from Bernie. I was, remember pushing the pram up the hill. I was running up the hill to run back <laughs> to the trove. And one of the Bernie guys managed to stick his head out in the window and say, oh, it's a pity you didn't have a go during the race. Oh. <laughs>
0: <And Jesus.
1: laughs> but I, That's all comical stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. didn't know what else I could do. Like, <laughs> I ran 15Ks warm-up won a 7k race and then I was running another 15k home.
0: Beautiful. <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't know day. what else I yeah, I don't know what else I could do. Yeah if that's not having a go. I don't know what was, but it was just comical, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's it. You do get your you do yeah. get your serious favourite race Or I remember uh winning two weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> no geez. Kind of got a serving from this random guy one night. Oh really? Kelly yeah. just said uh, We're well, not putting in two days. It, you know, you, you're not training yeah. twice a day, five days a week, are you? So just calm down. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> like it's just. I mean, that race I won, and I know it. Like I've won two races. That race, and I, I won a marathon with the club. Um, but that Steve Oliver race, realistically, I I won it by default. You know, almost ran into the back of the guys as I was passing. <laughs>
0: yeah. <them>. Go on, <laughs> go on, son. Take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But that's you know? the key though, mate. We we do have these you know, you you know the troublemaker crew from Bernie. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean you've got to have guys like that who really take it, it seriously. Does. Like yeah. it's it's what makes a sport uh, yeah. enjoyable. It's funny as well.
1: Well it does. It's and no. you know, in their defense it's good to see they're so passionate about it and, and stuff exactly like that. But you know, I, I was never gonna hang out for a win, mate. If there was a chance for me to win something I was I was taking it because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my my running abilities never let me, you know, work out which race I could win or couldn't win. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Know. But um, i bet you that's your that's you, through and through, mate. You're a very honest person. Yeah. So but
1: yeah, and and I remember the first year I ran the feature race. Um, you know, and you go through the year at all these cross country club running races, and you're passing people, and you know, running top ten, and and a, a pleb like myself that sort of didn't fully understand it. You know, we've been talking. to running with the other guys, the feature races coming up, the Calcutta, you know, it's got a bit of hype to it and quite a good race. And, and I'd been sort of thinking, oh, all right, I'll, I'll probably go okay in the feature race. You know, I'd had a few top 10 finishes and things like that, probably ran a third or something, I'm not sure. And Yeah. Mate, all these people that I'd been passing, <laughs> like it did me head in because I'm, <laughs> I'm running down the road thinking, where are they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I must be having a really shit day because... <laughs> Like, I, I can't yeah. even catch these people anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, mate. And, and, that, and that's the beauty of that club. Um, <clears throat> I try and get people to go along to this club because it's more, yeah, you've got that element, but it's more yeah. than that, that club. It's the friendships oh, you make out of it. And it it's is, just an yeah. awesome club.
1: It is. It's a, like I say that there's the, so many wonderful people that have been involved from that from day
0: one. Um, and, and,
1: again, they, they should be really proud of that, to, to hold it together and, you know, to have a club for such a long time like that and That's it's still I still going is an amazing achievement. And, um, so, and it's, again, it's just something that we're fortunate to have here on the coast so close to home that yeah. we can do it. You know, like, I remember that was, that was a Sunday for us as a family, you know, like, <clears throat> I'd head off to the run and race and we'd do that, come home and, and then we'd take Lily Swimming. Um, yep. that's how our Sundays rolled, you know, and um, always like the runs where they had a morning tea afterwards. Yes, yeah, same.
0: Devonport ten k was a good one because yeah, you
1: know, you could eat some cake you could and how you deserve it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: so that that was you know that was always a bit of fun to have a bit of cake afterwards and know that you'd actually deserved. You yeah, deserve exactly. A cake. So yeah, just just oh, look, we we keep saying it, Lindsay, but it's so true. We are so lucky to live where we live We uh, are. for a number of reasons, and and the. The running's, um, you know, a big part of that for those, yeah. and it's becoming more and more popular, you know, to the extent where the council's going to have to widen the tracks. Yeah. It keeps going. So. Oh, it's
0: awesome. Like, the tracks are basically <clears throat> just about new, I think, all the way from the bluff to Parkland yeah. now, turn yeah, and back.
1: Yeah, and, they've you know, they've almost built this track all the way to La Trobe around River Road there.
0: That's um, going to be awesome.
1: Oh, you know, I used to dread running around River Road. I was just you'd run around River Road waiting to get run over basically yeah same mate. um and, and you know to have that, and then there's talk of they're going to develop a track from Devonport to Dalveston and things like that like, so good oh it is you know, yeah. again, how lucky are we to have all this stuff on our doorstep
0: well, you know a good example <clears throat> is if you look at the tan track in Melbourne, they still yep. haven't lit that yeah. all the way up around but we've been but we've managed to put lights <laughs> on this park run course just about which is amazing
1: yeah it is you know yeah. um so we are lucky and we keep saying it, and i think in general most people realize how lucky we are to yeah have all yeah. that sort of stuff you know and to have places like um Meercroft park down there where we can go and do some speed work if that's your thing and, that's and like, in a position where it's on the edge of the ocean and you know how many how many places do you get to You can run coastal for, you know, days on end. Probably one of the favourite runs I do from a long run um, when I get a chance to do is you you run from Devonport to Hawley Beach, but you run the beach. Yeah, beautiful. uh, Run around Hawley Point and into Hawley and stuff. To be able to do that, far out. There's not many places in the world you
0: can do that sort
1: of stuff. That's magic
0: on a nice day. Today (laughs) would be a good day, actually.
1: It would be a ripper day, you know, or you can... You know, run for half an hour and all of a sudden you're out into Moriarty and running through some of the best countryside in the world and, and stuff yeah. like that. You know, geez, we've got everything on our doorstep for this.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. It's good and to see
1: people utilising it.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned Raj, your, your son, and mm-hmm. he's an elite mountain biker. How, I, proud, you <laughs> <laughs> How proud of you of him though? Because he, he, he does pretty well in competitions, doesn't he?
1: Um, yeah, look, Raj. Raj is a, a um, he's a different breed. Uh, both both our kids, like say Lily, was an absolute gun swimmer back in yeah. the day. Lily Lily used to amaze me with her swimming. I, I'm I'm a survival swimmer, so you know every stroke I takes about survival. Um, there's not a, never a lot of pleasure in it when I'm swimming. So um, <laughs> I'm drowning. <laughs> but Lily's one of them people, like she could swim. 300 metres out into the ocean and float round, and, and I've always admired that. And Lily, Lily was, um, you know, state champion, butterfly. She swam a national qualifying times for butterfly and things like that. And to swim butterfly is just a ridiculous stroke anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and But Raj um, Raj is sort of, I often um, use Raj as an example when I talk about as, as adults and parents, we're here to encourage children to find their limits um, and not deter them. You know, and I and I dare say over the years, there's probably been a lot of parents sit back and look at both men and I saying, God, what are they doing letting this kid, you know, hit that jump or whatever. But from a young age, Raj was going to be Raj. You know, he he was going to jump his push bike. He was going to climb stuff. He was going to do things, you know. And um, I remember Daniel Cutting told me a story years ago when we lived at Percy Street. Cutter was around at our house. Painting our roof for us, and we had a ladder led up against the, the house. And I was at work, and, and Raj was there as I don't know, he's probably three or four at the most. And yeah. Carter said he was up on the roof, and the next minute he's turned around, and Raj is up there with him, um, <laughs> around on the roof. You know, um, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was Raj, and so he he you know he took the trainer wheels off his own push bike and
0: yeah
1: um, at a very very early age he was
0: doing skids and crashing his bike and i remember it well he, he used to yeah. come along for those runs with uh ray and and yes. Bertie and stuff yeah. and he'd go up ahead you see him doing it
1: <laughs> yeah, you know God. ride his bike and so i yeah. guess you're sort of destined but he's had some really good opportunity uh with his mountain biking uh and he's it's, it's done quite well and um, this year unfortunately just didn't go to plan as it didn't go to plan I'm pretty sure no one was planning for COVID no well, I hope not anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> they knew more
1: than we know didn't they? <laughs> yeah um, you know uh, he he had a pretty big year ahead of himself you know it started off in January where he went to New Zealand and raced raced in Oceanas and uh, placed seventh in the Oceanas and stuff the downhill and then um, you know he was going to be he should have just been getting back from Canada now where he okay. gained a wildcard entry into World Series Enduro and um, things like that. So he had a pretty exciting year for a young bloke, but unfortunately it sort of all went pear-shaped. And um, So he's had a bit of a time off the bike. And um, But again, probably... And again, with Lily, with us with her swimming and surf club stuff, and, and the same with Raj with his mountain bike stuff, probably the thing I'm most proud of with both of them is that... Um, the friendships I've made out of these sports, yeah. um, you know, Raj goes off to a mountain bike race and he's got friends on the mainland that, you know, some of them are pro riders, but they're all mates, you know, they, yeah. they race worldwide and, um, <clears throat> you know, they, they it's, they just pick up where they left off and, um, you know, same with Lily, like Lily developed some beautiful friendships through the years of swimming and competing at Aussies for surf club and stuff. And, and, yeah, you know, she can run into any of them, and they just pick up where they left off and, and yeah, things like that. So it's awesome. I guess that's that's what it's about. You know, like um, if you're fortunate enough to to make a living out of your chosen sport, um, you're one of the very very few lucky ones. But yeah, we all get something out of sport, and and that's friendships. And it's like what we keep saying about the running. You know, like none of us. Well, from what I see. You know, I don't think there's anyone around here at the moment that's going to end up running the Olympics next year, but yeah, we've all got some wonderful friendships and that's just as big achievement as any of them, you know. And and some of us have probably had the opportunity to befriend people like you know, the Viv Woodwards and and now, you know, what's name Sweeney from King Island and things like yeah. that. If you've been fortunate enough to meet any of them people, that that's just wonderful.
0: You know? But it's yeah. so cool, yeah. It is,
1: it's just, you know. Yeah. And, it's the same with Raj with his mountain bike, you know, like he's got mates that not that you'd go to Melbourne at the moment, but you know, they, they want Raj to go over there and spend time with them. Same as they come over here and things like that. Um, and some of these guys are fairly accomplished, you know, mountain bikers and, yeah, um, and Raj is up there with them, but it's, it's about the friendships. And I remember um, years ago, um, a lot of people probably, Probably don't know, but Mandy's brother Nathan is actually a fairly accomplished cyclist. Um, you know, he rode for Australia multiple times and things like that. And and when Nathan was in the AIS, uh, he he went through the AIS with the the likes of Michael Rogers, Cadell Evans, and then types wow. of people. So some pretty big hitters. Um, and we was fortunate enough to meet these kids back then, just through Nathan and yeah. Um, I remember talking to Michael Rogers and, and Dodger is a multiple world champion cyclist, you know, and road tour de France's. But um, I, I remember I was driving him to the airport this day, taking him back because he, he obviously had a pretty tight time schedule. And uh, I was just talking, you know, talking to him about riding. And I said to him, do you ever get sick of this stuff, you know, like packing your bag and taking off? and <clears throat> and, and he was a young kid that was living the dream. And he said to me then, you know, he said, no, I love it. He said, but as soon as I stop enjoying it, I'll stop doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and, and that's that's the key. yes um, yeah. You know, any of these, what we look at and see success, successful sports people, they must be getting enjoyment out of it. Um, they've got to be doing it for the enjoyment, you know. Yeah. Like, um, there, there is obviously some people that are successful in sport that you wonder why they do it. But when you look at the Roger Federer's and, you know, Ian Thorpe's and them types of people, they just absolute role models that yeah you know they can achieve the absolute pinnacle of their sport but they can manage to keep their personalities in check that
0: they're still personable
1: people and and things like that you know and um and I think you know that that's something that when talking about Raj and that you know he's he's achieved some stuff that probably there's so many kids here that would think that's wonderful stuff but I like to think anyway that he's still just a local brat from Devonport. And, yep. <laughs> um, so anyone out there that knows him, he, you know, he's still managing to give media and I the shits, but that's what they do. So. He's
0: <laughs> oh, well, oh, yeah. getting old. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll calm down a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but he's, look, I, I admire him for living life to the fullest and just putting it out there, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And and when you see him on a mountain bike or, um, you know, you see him hit these jumps and you think far out, um, I'd love to do that, but I'd know I could never do it, but yeah. just, just to be hitting that shit and the friends, you know, they do this stuff and you, wow, that's, that's, that's a bit like what we talked before. It's about pushing yourself, you know, and um, yeah. he's pushed himself to some limits where, you know, he's, he's pretty big. So yeah, I, I love watching that. And I love watching any of the kids that he races with and you go to these, you know, whether it's an Australian title or what, and you're watching these kids push themselves and, Unfortunately, sometimes for some of them, it doesn't work out. But um, it's wonderful to watch kids excelling and and pushing themselves, you know. So, yeah, that's what we get out of
0: going to watch. Great, great. Um, Unreal, mate. Well, my next question I wanted to ask was, what are some values that are really close to you? I think you've mentioned a few. But what's something Um, that stands out?
1: Values, to me, are... well, a key value to me is just looking after each other, and, and you know, um, I, I guess as an example of that, uh, everyone here in um, Devonport would know of Prema's seafood. Yeah. Um, the and you know, young Prema, I, I sort of I only know Prema just because he's from Devonport and talked to him a bit. But <clears throat> again, the old social media, social media can be a really dangerous thing, but it can be such a powerful thing as well, and. Here a few weeks ago, um, you know, Prema put up this post of, of, a, of a guy knocking off a donation or a tips tin, I think, in his restaurant. Now, you see a lot of these things put, put up about, you know, uh, some scums knock this off and, you know, keep an eye out for him and, you know, let, let's get a town lynching going on. Um, <clears throat> but Prema put up this most wonderful post that basically said um, it, it showed him taking this tin with the money in it. But Premier's post said, everyone, I'd like you to keep an eye out for this gentleman. And, and if you see him, buy him a coffee and, and talk to him. And obviously he's in a dark place and he needs some help. And, um, you know, so if you see him, please don't ridicule him or whatever. Give him a hand up and, and help him out. And, and that to me just, you know, that's what it should be like. Um, yeah. You know, he hasn't robbed a bank. He hasn't raped anyone or murdered anyone or he, he's a desperate person. And, you know, for whatever reason, he's in a situation that's caused him to think that he needs to steal that money or whatever. But yeah, that that was just, you know, that was just the most classic example of empathy that, you know, it's it speaks volumes for that particular gentleman, That for Prem. Oh,
0: mate, Prem is a, a,
1: know, mean,
0: the, the, a rare breed anyway. Like yeah. he's, um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I always feel like I'm – whenever I speak to Prem, do you know how you get – speak to some people and you feel like you're a vampire? like yeah, yeah, They suck yeah. the blood you. When I speak to yeah. him, I'm like, oh, I'm upbeat. And that's, yeah, he's got so much yeah, energy
1: and, yeah, and, and positive stuff, you know. Again, he's just, just a good community person. So, speaking of values, I really value community and I yeah. generally believe that here in Devonport, North West Coast and Tassie in general, we've got a pretty good community and, um, and I know – talking with, so the Kids Cancer Project, obviously that's an organisation we work closely with out of Sydney. and um, I know they're just continually amazed at um, what we can achieve here as a community compared to what they try and achieve in Sydney in the corporate world. Um, you know, and they just, you know, like simple things like Gold September, for example, where there's gold ribbons. You know, here a couple of years ago, I said to them, oh, I reckon I'd be able to get gold ribbons in all the Bendigo bank branches. Uh we we bank personally with them and they have helped us out with some runs and stuff. And, you know, they said, Oh, how, how do you reckon you'll do that? And I said, Oh, I'll just go and talk to him. You
0: know? (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so I went and talked to some people at the Bendigo bank. They would then talked to their manager and all of a sudden statewide, all the Bendigo bank branches are selling gold ribbons throughout September. You know, Yeah, awesome. it's that simple because we have such a strong community.
0: We Um, do you know,
1: yeah. and, and, and that, that sort of stuff just blows them away. And, you know, another example of that, of community, and, and um, <clears throat> there's a there's a guy that's originally from Devonport called Michael Stevens. Now, steve was, he first got his job with the Advocate. Um, a lot of people that know him probably think they remember him because he looked a bit like David Boone. He's got a big bowie and similar stature to Boone. But um, <clears throat> anyway, Steve-O's done really well for himself. And now he's one of the... Uh, bosses within Fairfax media in Sydney. And when Ben was trying to work out how we could promote childhood September better, again, I said to the guys in Sydney, oh, I reckon I could get Fairfax media on board. Oh, geez, no, we've tried and tried and tried, you know, to get them on board and said, leave it with me. So I rang up Steve. I said, look, Steve, I, you know, we're doing this, this and this. Yeah, not a problem, Larry, leave it with me. Um, I'll organise a meeting and say, I rang up Owen and staff at the Kids Cancer Project said, All right, we've got a meeting with the Fairfax Media Board and management next week. I'll fly up and we'll go and have this meeting. Right. And so my flight, I basically had to leave the airport and go straight to this meeting. And Owen rang me. He said, Oh look, mate, can we can we just have 10 minutes before we go in? Like I want to know what's going on. And yeah, that's no, fine. So Owen met me just outside and we had a bit, he said, What you know, what, what do we need to do? I said, Don't worry about it. You know, like it's I, I just got to catch up with Steve Owen. He's got his boss there and you know, so we've walked into the board meeting at Fairfax Media and um, <clears throat> sat down and I've walked in and Steve I oh, Blairy, how you going? Yeah, good, mate, how are you? And introduced us to some other bloke and um, <clears throat> Owen put this pitch to them about childhood cancer and stuff and they said, yeah, that's not a problem, we'll fix that. And then Steve and I broke out into a conversation about Hawthorne and this was back when Hawthorne was winning games of footy and, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and and then that was a done deal. Fairfax Media committed $2 million to advertising Goal September and media and published stuff in every newspaper and whatever they own. And I remember I got in the car with Owen and and Owen didn't say anything and we got back to the office of of the Kids Cancer Project and everyone was there, was sort of waiting to see how this meeting went because this was the biggest publicity thing that had happened for childhood cancer. And, um, you know, that we walked in and they've all gone, Oh, you know, how did it go? How did it go? And and Alan said, Well, Blairy just talked to Steve and then they talked about Hawthorne and then all of a sudden <laughs> we've got a two million dollar advertising deal. Unbelievable. Do, but that's community and that's what yeah. you know, he's he's from Devonport and that's how you roll. You know, there yeah. was no there was no egos involved or, no. or nothing else. It was just, okay, we can do this for you and,
0: and, and away that's we painful. go. Like, that's paying yeah. back to the community, isn't it? And it the is. community yeah. that probably lifted him up at, t- at very much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: and he understands that, you know. Like, obviously, he's in the corporate world now, but he's still that community focused minded. You know, come from Devonport, bloke. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how we roll here in little old Devonport. You know. We do.
0: <laughs> My best place in the world. <laughs> it is. Yeah.
1: Know? And it's as it a- simple as gosso, ringing me up and saying, "Oh, do you mind if we do this this next week? You know, of course we can. You know. Yeah. Uh,
0: great. And so you've been, you've been in the running for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned run happy as yep. a mantra. Yep. What else, or what would be one of your biggest pieces of advice that you could pass on to a newbie um, runner?
1: To running is a, a, a perseverance and a patience thing. Um, you know, and it's, it's a bit like what I was talking about before with the marathons, but, taking a step back more, Um, you know, when I first started running and you sometimes forget this, running around the block for me was a big achievement, you know. But running around the block now for me is something I wouldn't even put my shoes on for. Um, But we've got to remember that running around the block is an achievement. Um, So anyone that wants to take up running or starts running, you don't have to run insane kilometres like I'm, I'm probably don't look at me as an example as a runner because you know what I do is probably insane a bit and I think to, to run the sort of distances I run you do have to carry a little bit of insanity with you um, to be able to do that but um I, I just say to people and, and using parkrun as example you know I reckon it's wonderful you go to parkrun you see some new person walking doing parkrun and and then over the weeks you just see them all of a sudden they're running a hundred metres yeah. and then they're going to walk. And then a few weeks later, they're actually running, you know, they've ran half of it and they have walked back or, and that's what it's about. It's, it's, it's about starting. That's, Absolutely. that's the bottom line. So just start it. Don't, don't push it. Don't pressure it and don't pre- put any pressure on yourself. You know, like when you first start, don't put any times on what you want to do or how you want to do it. Just go and start it and, and let it, and it will happen. You know, you you will be able to run 5Ks eventually. And then once you've ran 5Ks, then sort of think about, oh, I want to run a 28-minute five, you know. Start thinking about that sort of stuff, but just let it happen and let it develop, and and you'll enjoy it so much more for what it is, you know. Absolutely. Um, And then you get this amazing feeling of fitness, um, which is, as you know, Lindsay, yeah, Once you've good. been, it's just an amazing <laughs> feeling, isn't it? Like you, yeah. <laughs> you get to a point where you think you can conquer the world. Um, yeah, you do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at that point in the moment. <laughs> no, but, and you really miss it though, don't you? When, yeah, when you've had it, you yeah. really miss it. And it is, a lot of people, you know, um, a lot of people say it, it's a drug, but it really is, but it's a great drug. Absolutely. A, you know, you, you, yeah. you miss that feeling. and
0: You're not but band, anyone doing it.
1: No, no, but even then, yeah. you know, like you've got to be really careful when you're trying to get that back. And I know I've been a, a guilty of this that, you know, when I've trained and then I've done something, you know, like 100K run, or something, then you have that break I've tried to force it, you know. Like yeah. I've, I've wanted it back too quick. So, you know, you overtrain or you, you put too much pressure on yourself and then it doesn't become enjoyable anymore. So you've got to really just go back to the basics. And even myself, you know, I've had to go back and just start running 5Ks and, yeah. you know run that consistently so you run multiple 5k days and and build on it you know um and that's i guess one of the powers of running too it it helps you develop patience and and things like that too you know so it it is to me it's a really good meditation and a a calming thing almost
0: Yeah,
1: but once you get that fitness and if you don't get out for that run you can
0: end up being in an angry mood as well (laughs) Yeah, I see anxiety, and and my parents would see it, and I would pace and mum, get, go and run, please go, yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) get out of the house.
1: (laughs) And Mandy said the same to me. You know, there's days when I come home from work, and you know, you're just bouncing off the walls, and you know, just go out and have a bloody run. Can you get it? You know, yeah. Um, And I know when Dad was sick with cancer, like Dad was in hospital for nearly three months, and and basically just laying there, passing away, and. Um, because a lot of my brothers and sisters live on the mainland, you know, they were sort of coming and going as much as they could. But um, it, it, without running, I would have been in all sorts of strife. Then, you know, like he was, he was at the Latrobe Hospital, so I'd, um, I, I'd, I'd, like run to Latrobe and back. You know yeah. that. So I'd run out to Latrobe, have a shower in Dad's hospital room, sit there with Dad for you know five or six hours, and then put my gear back on and run home. and, yeah. If I wasn't able to do that, um, i don't know where I would have been you know at yeah. that particular time, so just yeah don't don't I guess one thing I can say is don't put pressure on yourself you know uh it, it'll happen and it'll, and it'll happen once you start doing it, it'll it'll start to happen quite quickly as well
0: yeah. So, yeah great, great tip and I and I like the fact he said keep it short, I mean it seems to be this oh, I've done five k I do ten k I do half yeah, yeah. I do four. You don't have to follow that that model either. You can no, no, It's, no, still, you know, it's still a great achievement just running five k.
1: It, it it's just about starting. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. Um. And the fact
1: that you you're wanting to do something, you know. And it, if running is not your thing, you know, go and buy a mountain bike and ride around the track, or just go for a walk and yeah. And and, and enjoy again, enjoy what we've got here in Devonport. You yeah. know the facilities that we've got to be able to utilise. And I think thinking about COVID, I think that was one of the positives that come out of it that. It got people to realise what we actually have got here in Devonport as far Absolutely. as, you know, the, the walking tracks and just stuff like that. Like, I remember going for a run during the whole lockdown thing and I'd come home and say to Mandy, well, you, there's no point social distancing because you just bloody can't on the track. You know? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got, it got really yeah. impossible. Yeah, oh. you know,
1: <laughs> and there'd be times I'd head off for a run and you'd stop to have a chat with someone. And then all of a sudden, there was a group of eight people standing around, yeah. <laughs> which was illegal at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But um, I don't know, mate. Like, I, I was actually enjoying it because people were yeah. getting out and using these great facilities.
1: Yeah, so was I. I, I was enjoying um, just the simple lifestyle of no pressure. Um, obviously, when it all sort of first happened, I was probably like a lot of people and, and I had some concerns about where's this going to lead to and especially having a business, you know, but
0: yep. once I sort of got
1: over the fact that, well, it's, it's total, totally out of my control. Um, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, it was quite a nice relaxing time for me, yeah. you know, like, uh, everything was happening as a parent that you love. Our family was at home. We're spending time together. What, you know, we took in turns cooking one night a week. Um, okay. we got to, got to have some nice family time together, you know, we played board games and so it was a really nice night. I really enjoyed it, it yeah. from a family perspective. It was a nice, just everything slowed down.
0: You yeah, know? It, was, um, it was almost a reset. The planet needed it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Pretty much
1: so, you yeah. Know? Like, and that's what I, I think, honestly, think that um, this whole COVID thing was Mother's Nature's way of kicking us all in the arse. And yeah. saying, you know, you guys have been way out of control for way too long.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I believe yeah. things happen for a reason. I think yeah. that this in a really horrible way, I think that this was one of yeah. those things.
1: Yeah, that you know, it, it was time for us to all pull our heads in and, and get back to basics. And yeah. And that's what it made us do, you know. Like um, so yeah, look, as silly as it sounds, I, I didn't mind it at all. Um
0: great. You know, so yeah, so it was a wonderful time. Yeah. I know you're a busy man, mate, but I've got I've got one more question to ask yeah, yeah, no, you're right. before you're we right. sign off today. Yeah. So uh, you've mentioned a few things about where you'd like to see uh, Tim Blair run for the Kids Foundation go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where do you see it heading the next couple of years?
1: Um, ultimately, what I'd like to see is um, that one day a, doc, a, a parent can go into a doctor's surgery and and that doctor can say to that parent and that child, unfortunately a child has cancer, but that's okay because we've got a cure. Uh, That would be the absolute ultimate, Um, you know? And and, and so I guess working harder towards that, to finding that cure. Working, working hard to, to continue to raise money, but working even harder to, to continue to raise that profile of childhood cancer, and, and the profile that I believe it deserves and the children deserve it. Um, the children that have, that have fought the battle, uh, and I don't like to say they lost the battle because they definitely didn't lose it. Um, you know, they, they fought stronger than, and tougher than most people could ever imagine, but they, they deserve it. They, they deserve this cure. Um, and they deserve better treatments, you know. Um, so that's, and I won't stop, um, you know, I won't, I won't stop pursuing that. That's, that's my goal. And, and hopefully it happens before I retire, but even if it's, you know, if I'm lucky enough to be able to retire from work, that's something that I'll always throw 100% passion into, that that's something we need to achieve. And, and along the lines of two, not just finding that cure for cancer, but but making people aware of the fact of what we've talked about here so many times, that we're all here to look after the kids. And, and yeah. um, people talk about valuable resources and valuable assets and investments and everything else. There is no more valuable investment or asset in this world than children, because yeah. they're the future. So... Yeah. You know, you can, you can buy as many shares in BHP or whatever as you bloody like, but if we haven't got the right people in place in the future, it's, it's all worthless. You know, so again, it comes back to that monetary thing that, you know, you can have the biggest house and the biggest investments and, and whatever, but if we haven't got the right people in place to become the next prime ministers and everything else, um, that it's, it's all worthless. And, and the only, only way they're gonna become better is, you know, don't 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 look at me as an example and say, I want to be like Tim Blair. Become better than Tim Blair because, yeah. you know, we can do that. We can all do that. So, you know, so all these examples say, oh, I want to be like such and such. No, no, we want to be better than that, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's some great examples, like, you know, Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister. What a wonderful person, you know. Yeah. And imagine if we could do better than that. <laughs> know,
0: that's, she is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know,
1: she's just such a personable person. Um, yeah, you know, and she seems to, a bit like what we talked about in the charity stuff. She seems to be in it for the right reasons. She's, she's not in it to be this powerful prime minister of a country. She's in it in it because. She generally believes that she can make a difference for for the people that she's meant to be leading. And, yeah, she's, and that's just wonderful to see.
0: She's real, she's personable, mate. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and you can that comes through when she talks.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: and, um, you know, and when you look at what she's had to handle as such a young prime minister, you know, with with the shootings over in New Zealand not that long ago, COVID, you know, there's been that volcano thing and you know she's handled some pretty big things for such a young Prime Minister but just handled it so well
0: yeah um, you know absolutely
1: so that that's the so don't don't use us as I want to be like Be better and yep. that's what we need to teach our kids you know be better than us and um, you know I'd really
0: be embarrassed if someone said they wanted to be like me <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good role model you talked about role models mate so um, just, you know, just hearing your words today, it's been, been awesome, mate. And if you ever need anyone to volunteer on any level, just please let me know. I would love to help out.
1: Thanks very much, Lonzie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, again, I, I admire you for what you're doing. You've told me you admire me and that's wonderful. And, and you know, it's, nice. it's, it's it's all about just helping each other out and giving each other a hand up. And, um, again, like we keep saying, we're so lucky to be
0: Place like Devonport, where that seems to happen on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. Ladies Thanks and very gentlemen, much. that was Tim Blair. I've been Brian Lyons, and this is the Everyday Lions podcast. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Listeners, that was Tim Blair, and I think you'd agree that that was an enlightening conversation. I thank Tim for being so open and honest about his story. If you've listened to this podcast today and you would like to donate to the Tim Blair Run For Kids Foundation, you can do so by going to the Tim Blair timblairrunforkidsfoundation.org. I know Tim and the team would love your support or any donation, big or small. Also, if you are listening and you're looking for a running coach, please consider Everyday Lions online running coaching. I offer eight week, 12 week, 16 week programs and have groups in Alderston and Devonport and also plenty of merchandise on offer. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave us a ratings on iTunes because we go up in our little topic of sport. Until next time, I've been your host, Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lyons podcast and happy running.